today on Anchored in the Word. Why should you search the scriptures daily? Because in them, not just that you will find truth, they are truth. We need a good dose of truth on a daily basis, not just once in a while. I need to hear truth. You need to hear truth on a regular basis. Not that you'll hear some new truth. Especially if you've been a Christian for a while, there's not going to be new truths you're going to hear. What needs to happen to you and me is that we need to have truth reinforced over and over again. But I'm is Anchored in the Word, the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Coastlands in Eatontown, New Jersey, with our pastor and teacher, Bill Beckelman. When Paul's missionary journey led him to Berea, God said of him in Acts 17 that they were more fair-minded than the Thessalonians. Why? Because they received the gospel of Jesus Christ and daily searched out the scriptures to see if it was true. In today's message, Pastor Bill, we'll show you why that's still the best way to approach the Scriptures. At the close of Pastor Bill's message, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Anchored in the Word. Subscribe to the podcast or simply get in touch with us. Now, here's Pastor Bill in Acts chapter 17 with today's edition of Anchored in the Word. So if you'd open your Bibles to Acts chapter 17, Acts 17.10. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Then these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and received a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed they departed." Just a little bit of context for those of you that haven't been following along with us. This is the Apostle Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and who knows whom else. On the second, on Paul's, the Apostle Paul's second missionary journey, he had four of those that are uh, talked about in the New Testament. This is, would be the second one. Now, the, the, the word of God, Christianity, the flag, has just been planted in Europe, in the previous two cities where he's been. They preached Jesus to the people. They preached the risen Jesus, that he died on the cross and rose from the dead. People were responding. Some people uh, were, were receiving. Some people were rejecting. That's just always what happens when the word of Christ, when Christ is spoken of, when he's preached. And so this is happening. And they've gone from one town, and this is the third town there in Europe. Now, but one of the things when the rejection happened, you know, it was costly. You know, in Philippi, Paul was in prison as a result of preaching Jesus. And then uh, the next town, Thessalonica, he went to. He had to leave town in the middle of the night 
uh, by God's grace, they weren't captured. They were staying at a guy's house named Jason, and they came to, the people came to get them, and they weren't there. And so it says then, and we'll pick it up in verse 10, where in the middle of the night, they had to go out. In other words, they left Thessalonica, this town Thessalonica, in the middle of the night for the next town over, probably 30-some miles away. And this town was called Berea, small town. Um, But a town, though small, is pointed out in the Bible in a way that other places that we hear about aren't pointed out. And I want to speak to that today. I'm just going to summarize these six verses, and then we're going to zero in on one verse. But so we see that Paul's going to be going there. He's going to preach. They went in the middle of the night. He's going to, it says in verse 10 that they went and they arrived. And of course, they went as he was accustomed to do. He went and spoke on the Sabbath in the synagogue of the Jews. And it says that he preached Jesus there. Verse 11 is one we're going to sit on. We'll just skip over that. We're going to come back to that in a moment. But 12 says that as a result of this preaching, he says that many of them believed. Many of them believed in Jesus. And it says different kinds of people. He says also not a few of the Greeks and prominent women as well as men. But it says, but when the Jews from Thessalonica, that was the place they'd previously left in the middle of the night, learned that the word of God was preached by Paul in Berea, that was the town where they were now, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. They were getting a mob mentality. Um, it, was an, it was the opposition to the, the gospel, the good news. Um, verse 14 says, immediately the brethren sent Paul away, so he had to leave Berea in a hurry as well. And then later, Silas and Timothy stayed for a while, but then verse 15 tells us that Paul went to Athens, and then he sent for Silas and Timothy to come with him with all speed. So they departed. Now, that's what took place in this passage. What I want us to do now is zero in on verse 11. Because this is what this is a mouthful here uh, that Luke, who penned the, the book of Acts, but more importantly, the Holy Spirit saw fit to talk about this short little piece of time when they were in Berea there, but something is profoundly spoken about them. And I want to say to you that um, this is a good word for us today. And I want you just to see what was happening there, what, what was different about this place. And I want to consider some things that um, basically, I guess, the title of the message is, why should we search the scriptures daily? That's the title of the message. It's a question. Why should we search the scriptures daily? Title of the message. Let's look at verse 11 now. It says about them that these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. Now, there's a comparison being made from the people, the Bereans and the Thessalonians. The King James puts it this way, that they were more noble, more noble than those in Thessalonica. There was something about these people. Now, it's interesting about that word noble, translated noble, um, you know, you think of nobility, people that are prominent, important, uh, royalty even you could think of, or some important people. And three times this word is translated, in the, only three times in the New Testament, once here. Um, it's not noble in my Bible, but in the King James is translated noble. Um, but in two other places, in the New Testament, it's, it's translated nobleman, meaning, like I said, an important person, somebody that's in an important position. And so it's interesting to me that, that they're being recognized 
as, as people here in verse 11, that these people were recognized as they were more noble, more fair-minded than, the, than these people in Thessalonica. And it's going to tell us why, right? It's going to tell us why. It says, in that, the reason being that the Holy Spirit's pointing this out is that it's, it, we're going to see that it is their relationship to the word of God. In other words, not saying what came first, the chicken or the egg, they were noble, so automatically they, they, they gravitated to the word of God? Or is it that they, because they gravitated to the word of God, that put them in a certain prominent place? You know that idea. And I would suggest to you number two is, is the true one, but let's look at it. It says that these people in Berea, they received the word with all readiness. Think about this, this idea of receiving the word with all readiness. Paul was the one that's going to bring the word. He was going to bring it. He's the messenger that God was using. The word was coming. I mean, they were at the synagogue. They opened the New Testament. So they had an idea of going to the, the scriptures, but they were different than the, the, even the synagogue in there in Thessalonica. It says they came with all readiness, and that speaks to an idea, a, a posture of all readiness, a willingness. They were willing, that idea of they were willing, they, they were coming with an heart to receive from the Lord. That is so important. There is a part of what we're doing right now, and this is called preaching the word, by the way, teaching the word. And, and so there's a part that I'm involved, that I'm responsible for, and that's to study and show myself approved, the work and not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But then there's a part even bigger than that that God is responsible for. And he's promised that when... We're doing what we're doing right now. There is something that happens, that goes on when the word of God is going forward. He says, it will never return to me void. It will always accomplish what I want it to accomplish. So God is accomplishing something, seeking to accomplish something as we're doing what we're doing. We can go to a sporting event, which I attended a couple of those in the last week. And there's, there's a thing you can get from that, but it's not the same. All right? Win, lose, or draw. It's not the same thing. Or, you know, Broadway show, reading a book, you know, watching TV. You, there are things that we attend to in life that we do in life, but there's something that happens when we're doing this that doesn't happen at other times because of God's involvement, all right? But I want to talk to you for a moment about what God's mentioning here because he's not saying, he's not talking necessarily about the preacher here when they came with all readiness. And he wasn't talking about God himself right there. He was talking about the hearers, wasn't he? They came with all readiness. They had a willingness. So he's speaking to the idea of the posture of the people that are coming to hear the word. And apparently they were eager listeners. They came, when they came to the synagogue, when they came to hear, they were serious about what they were hearing. And I want to tell you something, that there's a preparation of the heart that needs to take place. And there's a preparation that needs to take place and just... The idea of this is, listen, let me give you an example. If you stay up to all hours of the night on Saturday night, you're out all night on Saturday night. Well, I got church in the morning. You get home just in time to go to bed, and you get two or three hours of sleep. Don't expect like you're going to be very attentive on church on Sunday morning, right? Can you see that that would get in the way of whether you were working, if you had to work the next day, but it would get in the way of your listening, of hearing I just want to make that a practical, it's a practical thing, right? In other words, preparing the heart for the hearing doesn't even start on Sunday morning when I get up. It starts the night before, 
the week before, this, this readiness, you know, this idea of, of preparing, you know, the soil of your heart to receive what God has got to say. So, and, and, being, and being prayed up, you know, even before you come, have you, did you pray before you came that God would speak to you? That you would have, oh, he's going to speak to you. I'm going to tell you right now because that's the promise. But the problem with the hearer is they, their attention span can be short. They show up, and like all of us, we have issues in life, right? We have our list that we have to do. We know what we're going to do after church. I mean, probably not many of you said, well, I'm hanging out with the saints all day long. Now, this isn't the Philippines, which when they do that, there are certain places in the culture, by the way, and still in America where it's Sunday is all about being God's people all day long, all day long. We don't do that here in this culture, and I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm just trying to say the time that we do spend together, we want it to be profitable. And one of the things that I can do as a, as a, as a participant in this is to prepare myself for that, to have a, have a readiness. And that's a, that's a heart um, to listen, a heart to hear. Do you have an expectation that when you come and the word of God's being preached, that God can speak to you? That God, in fact, wants to speak to you? That God, in fact, will speak to you? And I know this is a, this is a foreign concept to the world, and I understand that, you know, with me, I'm, I'm so kind of used to the concept right now because I've been involved in, in, in the church for a while now. And, and that's just what I've been taught from the time I came into the church, that God does speak to people. And I've seen it happen to me. So I know that he does this. I've, I've seen other people, it happened to them. And um, Vice President Pence apparently got in trouble. At least the news was all over him. The, the media was all over him because he dares to say that he hears from Jesus. Jesus talks to him. So apparently, in some circles, he's a nutcase because he thinks that, right? And I was listening to this lady who seemed like, you know, she didn't want to, she, you know, of course, in this political correctness, you don't want to say anything negative about anybody. So she's not going to say anything about a religion or, or Christianity or about Jesus in a negative sense. And she was going, well, I understand where, you know, it, you know it's Jesus and it's religion. And he's kind of out there. She's acknowledging that he's probably out there somewhere, Jesus, that is. But that's about it. You know, we've got this God that's out there. Don't expect that he's going to be personal and he can actually communicate with you. Well, let's think about that for a second. If he is God, that's a big deal, right? I mean, if you're God, that's a big deal. You, you know, you're capable of a lot of things. You created the universe. So is he capable of communicating to us? Yes. And that's what we find in, in the word of God. So preparing ourselves for that. We see that they did that. They came, it says, they receive the word with all readiness. And by the way, not just, just so I can put it in my memory bank, right? Kind of fill up my hard drive with all this information. No, the readiness also was I'm ready to do what God says. I'm ready to take it in and say amen. It doesn't end there with the amens. And then, and then saying, I'm going to walk this out, you know, by the power of God. That's, what, that's how they were living. That's what they're being recognized for. And it also says that, and look at this, and this is what I want us to talk about. And they searched the scriptures daily. I don't know how you think about that. What do you think about that? We're all different people. We're all at different places of our walk. And some of you are searching the scriptures daily. Some of you aren't searching the scriptures at all. We go through you know, seasons in our, in our lives. But what I want us to think about today, no matter who you are, no matter how, many time, how much Bible that you read, I want us to talk about this idea of why do why should we search the scriptures daily? Let's just let's be a Berean on this one. All right, let's not just 
take that. It sounds good. It's a religious thing. Of course we should. We have the Bible. We should read the thing, right? Um, But why? Why should we search the scriptures daily? You know, the Bereans were called out in a positive way by God because of this fact. But what is it about the scriptures? You know, what about the scriptures? Well, let's look at five, we'll look at five points that maybe will answer the question of why should we search the scriptures daily? Why should we search the scriptures daily? Point number one, let's look at Romans 1, 2. Romans 1, 2, I want to read this to you. Romans 1, 2 says this. Paul's talking about the gospel of God. He says, which he promised, verse 2, before through his prophets in the holy scriptures. The first reason that we should read the scriptures daily is because they are holy scriptures. And that says a lot. What that means is, and that word means set apart, this book is not like any other book, folks. This book is, and I hope you read books, all right? But I want to say to you, if if reading books gets in the way of reading this book, drop the other ones like a hot potato. That's what I want to tell you. I hope you read other books. But if they get in the way of reading this book, drop the other books and pick this one up. Because these are the holy scriptures. This is holy writ. And, and, and what that means is, that means a lot. It's saying a lot. It's saying that this book, the, the author, you could say, the author of this book, now it was penned by men. This is, the, this is the fantastic thing. And only God can do this is that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is, or as the, the NIV would say, God breathed all scripture, Old Testament, New Testament is God breathed. 66 books of the Bible, many different authors, but yet it's, it's put together into one book and it makes sense. It flows. It's a miracle that we have this thing. These are the holy scriptures. They're different than any other book. They're from God himself. Not everybody believes that. But because they're that, in the original autographs, they are unflawed. They are, it's flawless, this book. And, and Peter says about this book, on all that pertains to life and godliness is found in this book. Everything that you need to, for life is found in this book. And by the way, one of the things that God said about the, what he told us, he said this, he said, be holy for I am holy. And I would suggest to you that that is a work of God that he does in a person. The changing of the life. But I want you to know that Holiness is found through the word of God. That's what he's used. That's what the vehicle that he uses is Holy Spirit. He's using this Bible, but this idea of you need to be willing to go on this journey. The willing heart to go on this journey. These are the holy scriptures. There's no other book like this book anywhere. It can change a life. It can change a person from from a wicked sinner that's part of the world and set them apart for God's purposes. If you're a Christian, that's your testimony. I, I, you know, there's no way to escape. I mean, there's no way to walk right before God and his scriptures are not a part of that in some way, shape, or form. Because if you do that, if you're trying to do that, I'll tell you what you really have. You have a religion. That's what you have. You're trying to do things. You're trying to do the right things, this and that. 
and stay away from the wrong things, that's a, a religious attitude only. And we're saying that there's a God that's real. He's holy. He's wanting to impart himself to you and, and change you. And he wants, and it happens through this book before us. So first, why should we search the scriptures daily? Because they're holy scriptures. Number two, and it's found in the scripture that we're looking at is in Daniel 10, 21. I'll read it to you, Daniel 10, 21. You don't have to turn there. But I tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. The scripture of truth. Think about that for a moment. Why should you search the scriptures daily? Because in them, not just that you will find truth, they are truth. We need a good dose of truth on a daily basis, not just once in a while. I need to hear truth. You need to hear truth on a regular basis. Not that you'll hear some new truth. Especially if you've been a Christian for a while, there's not going to be new truths you're going to hear. What needs to happen to you and me is that we need to have truth reinforced over and over again. We're living in a world where the truth is changing. Or let's put it this way. The truth that the world is believing in is not the truth that we believe in or that, that God says. So that means it's not the truth. It's a deception. I'll give you an example. The world believes that a man and a man can be married. That's what they believe. They call it a marriage ceremony. And you can change laws. Or they've done it in the Supreme Court. But God's word says, no, a marriage is between one man and one woman. It's spelled out in the book of Genesis. So that would be truth. Even though, but no, everybody's saying this. And if you don't believe that, 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 that two of the same sex can be married, you're a bad person. You're, you're you know, you know, insert a bad name there to call you because, and, you know, people can feel bad about that. And, and even the law can come against you in some places because you chose to believe what the Bible says because that's what truth is. Now, here's the thing about truth. It, can be, it will be borne out, will be demonstrated to be, God, God tells us these things. He tells us what truth is so that we can benefit from that. In other words, we'll, we'll take in this truth. We'll say, okay, God, I believe you. I believe that marriage is between a man and a woman because he said it, right? It was his idea. He came up with that. And then we'll find out if we will seek to believe what God says and walk in that way, we will live better. It will be better for us. As people, it'll be better for a culture, a society, when, we, when a culture or society does things God's way. I'll give you another example. And this is a, the latest crazy one, I think, that, that somehow you can be, your sex can change. You can be born a certain, you can be born a man, and somewhere along the line decide that, no, you're not a man, I'm a woman, or vice versa. That's getting popular in our culture. We're so glad you joined us today in our continuing verse-by-verse study through the book of Acts. We pray Pastor Bill Beckelman's message has been an encouragement that you're finding strength in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. For more teachings from Pastor Bill, we invite you to visit our website at anchoredintheword.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts that Pastor Bill has shared from God's Word. Did you know you can take these teachings with you on the go as well? We've created a mobile app to allow you to have sound doctrine available wherever you and your smart device happen to be. This is a great way to turn the mundane tasks of life into a faith-building, Jesus-edifying time. 
Search for Calvary Chapel Coastlands in your app store to download. We'd love to hear how Anchored in the Word has touched you personally, so please feel free to give us a call at 732-544-2225. Let us know, too, how we can be lifting you up in prayer. We're honored to be able to do this for our listeners. That number again is 732-544-2225. You can also connect with us on Facebook. Find a link at anchoredintheword.com. That's all we have time for today. From all of us on the production team, we want to say thanks for joining us. May you be moored in sound doctrine and anchored in the Word.